Hello, Kevin. Awesome. You guys are nerds. Damn right. Oh, Kevin, you're so witty. I would stab someone in the face. Oh, that's gross. I'm cutting this, by the way. Bad Philosophy, episode 128, recorded on November 18th, 2012. Shoefoot. Welcome in one to Bad Philosophy, upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time. Oh, we're back. Um, so you're going to say something about off, spies or something. I, well, one. I was thinking, and then I just didn't, I'm like one silenced Walter PPK at a time, you know, one massive explosion at a time, one His PPK car was never silenced, though, in this one, which it was interesting. Yeah, it was just straight up. Just a gun. Brutal, yeah. Um, if you hadn't guessed it yet, we, we just recently saw Skyfall, uh, latest thriller in the James Bond uh, series. Um, although Mythos. a brief a brief note before we proceed, uh, you may be wondering why this is episode one hundred twenty eight. Um, you're saying what happened to one twenty seven? You're saying what happened to one twenty seven? Well, if if you've been listening to the show for a while, you you probably recall that we have lost episodes. From time to time, mm-hmm. um, it's it's Due kind to of various a, circumstances due to you know the alignment of the planets and loud fans. How many times I sneezed that day, you know, spinning computer fans, not the angry right, fans, right? Um, and so, well, we we lost another episode. Everybody, um, we won't tell you the circumstances or <laughs> or what it was uh, because it's lost in space now. To be frank, yeah, we'll just say it was lost in space. And let you make your own conclusions <laughs> from that. Um, but anyway, here we are, episode 128. And um, yeah, we, we just recently saw Skyfall. So for, first up, I came into it with, you know, people telling me, oh, yeah, it was a really good Bond movie, you know, good action, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. really, really good examples. It was a, it was a, I, I, the thing I heard regularly but it was, it was a step up from Quantum of Solace. People yeah. had issues with Quantum of Solace. I never saw it, so I don't know what those I, issues were. I did see it. I don't remember feeling too strongly about it one way or another. <laughs> but, but I definitely remember people saying that this one was was a nice step up from Quantum of Solace. Yeah. So, great. Cool. All right. I, that being said, I didn't find it to be a particularly good Bond movie. Um, I, I didn't find it to it be was, terribly... It was Really, in my opinion, it was, it was Bond by the numbers. <laughs> okay. It was like somebody created a, uh, a color-in mm-hmm. for, for Bond. Here are the things you have to have in a Bond movie. Yeah. Car chase. Check. Um, vaguely ethnic, possibly gay villain. Check. <laughs> Strange, overly convoluted plot that was planned out way ahead of time by said villain to make them fall exactly into their trap. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Um, villain explaining his plot to them as as he goes through it. Check. I mean, these are all all. Yeah. And don't forget the the Walter PPK, the Aston Martin, mm-hmm. um, and former agent, former turn, agent turning turn, on turned MI6. Bad. Yeah. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Duh. We're, so yeah. If you've ever listened to any of our movie analysis episodes, you know we spoil. We don't movies. hold back. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, yeah. Hopefully you've seen it by this point, because, you know, you should. It's a Bond movie. Everybody's going to be talking about it. Um, So I guess today we wanted to just go into a little bit about why you think it's, you said it's silly. 
silly is the word that I keep coming to. Yeah. Like I'm watching it, I'm going, this is silly. Like it's not stupid, yeah. it's not bad, it's silly. It's silly. So um, can you think of some specific moments? I've got a couple in mind. Um, but what, what, I'm trying to think what the first one that I was. Oh, um, well, the, the opening chase scene. Um, where, and it's, it's more silly in retrospect than it was even in the moment, uh -huh. but you had no idea what was actually going on. Um, <laughs> in the sense that, okay, he's chasing this guy, and he's got a hard drive, and that's important. We've got we to gotta catch him. Right, which they, to, to their credit, they, they did actually remove the part of the computer where, where the, the hard, hard drive, drive was. Yeah, yeah, that's I true. Mean, it, that's yeah. true. Um, and so, and, and that, I'm, okay with, I'm okay with that. Um, and I'm okay with even not knowing about something and starting in Media Ray mm -hmm. and, and having now, it explained further granted, later. Why MI6 had this incredibly valuable list physically on a hard drive and not like in a server in a vault somewhere behind a not, billion firewalls? Not important not right important. now. I mean, but that, okay. that's, that's sort of the whole movie. That goes, movie yeah. goes, don't think about that right don't, now. No, just, yeah. Don't think about don't that. Don't think about the fact that he, he plugged the villain's computer into their internal network and... I didn't think anything bad about that. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, these things, like, you go, really? Um, well, that the Ethernet ports made the cables stick up, and I don't know. Well, it was, like, it was, a, it was a third world laptop. Oh, you know, right, Because he had right. cobbled it together from all of yeah, bits and pieces these, uh, on his island. Components. Oh, yes, the villain has an island. The villain had an <laughs> island that he managed to get people to abandon simply because there was some problem with the well, chemical plant. Well, he pretended there was a problem with the... He, he made it seem yeah. like there was a problem with the chemical plant, so they evacuated, yeah. which, again... The villain has an island. Whatever. Classic yeah. James Bond. Fair, yeah. Um, and so, but in the, in the chase scene, there was no way of actually telling where anybody was in relationship to anybody else. There was no depth, like, okay, he's running, he's running, she's driving a car. I, and I, I did follow I, that pretty I, well. I, it, it, was, it was all over the place. Like, you, there was no sense of space mm -hmm. as to, like, okay, they're running, she's trying to catch up with him in the car. I get that. Yeah. I don't know where either of them are in relation to each other. Is she closer? Oh. Is she farther away? Right. Um, and then suddenly, you know, the train goes into a tunnel and she goes off in another direction mm -hmm. and just happens to end up where the train's coming out. But I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how that happened. There was no, and how did she know that was where the train was coming out? And, and how convenient that the road ended up there and then stopped. Yeah, right where she needed to stop. To get and out and, and yeah, take you know, a shot. But that's again the movie going, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, enjoy the, enjoy and, the pretty scenery. And the thing is, I'm know? okay with movies doing that. Because another movie that this reminded me of, mm -hmm. particularly because of, of one thing, um, Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard. Mm -hmm. Balls to the Walls action movie. Yeah. Does not stop and let you think about it at all. Doesn't True. make any sense. Right, right. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but because it is, it is literally nonstop, mm -hmm. you, you have to go with it. You go, okay, there's a new thing happening. Okay, there's a new thing. When you get to the fridge later and you're getting a snack in the middle of the night, you go, wait a minute, none wait, of that made wait, any wait, wait, sense. Wait, wait. <laughs> what fire sale? What? <laughs> like, what's going How on? How did they manage to bring the concept of a the fire The problem with Bond is Bond has a big action <laughs> sequence. Mm -hmm. And then makes people talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And that gives me that, that, that fridge moment of sitting there and going, but none Wait. of this makes sense. And what they're well, talking about doesn't make sense. And <laughs> honestly, th so one thing that, that Film School Rejects, uh, the, their review for it pointed out is it has some pretty fantastic cinematography. Sure. Yeah, it looks good. Great set pieces. Mm -hmm. I mean, some great shots of, man, of, of, uh, of Shanghai mm -hmm. and of, the, uh, of Macau. Macau, yeah. Like, wow. Like those, Even some good shots of London. Yeah, I mean. Some great shots of yeah. London. Yeah. And, and at those moments, you're like, man, this is a pretty movie. Mm -hmm. You know, you really get those, those great establishing shots. Mm -hmm. 
And then, you know, I was expecting a way more epic fight at the end of the, the casino scene. Like, yeah. And I knew that the Komodo dragons was like, oh, the Komodo dragons yeah, are going to yeah, come hey, look at those it. dragons. Like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be then, important. Like, um, <laughs> and there was three guys, and he beat them up pretty quick. And he beat them up pretty quick, and then the gun didn't work, and, and then the Komodo dragon did his work for him. I yeah. mean, it was like... And the Komodo uh, dragon ate him. And then James Bond, do, do Komodo dragons eat people? No, I don't know. That's I what I was wondering. I'm like, I don't know that these are, are, are carnivorous. <laughs> like, are they known for, I, I, we got to look that up now. We got to look that up. No, they're not. I, I mean, because <laughs> um, that was my question. And they're pretty slow moving, too. I'm like, how? Yeah, those were moving commando dragon, no. Commando dragon? No, that's something completely different. That's, that sounds like an 80s movie. I would watch that 80s movie. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme is... Commando dragon. Komodo dragon. Um, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not. What do they eat? These things don't tell me. Wikipedia is useless. They eat beetles. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> mating season begins between May and August. Um, let's go to Komodo. I'll search Komodo dragon diet. <laughs> No, that's the the, the, the latest uh, All the Rage in Hollywood. Is yeah, the, the Komodo uh, Dragon Komodo diet. Dragon diet, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, paleo is is, is They are right carnivores, out. and they mostly eat carrion. Oh. So dead oh, things. All right. They will ambush live so prey with he, a stealthy approach. Oh, there you go. You know, so if so, basically the, the script writers went, oh, stealthy approach, that's all we need, you know, and then... Just threw that in there. So the, the Komodo dragon kind of sneaks up from the side and then just kind of goes for his ankle. Yeah. And then somehow this, you know, 50, 60 pound creature is able to drag a 200 pound Chinese man into the shadows. They're, and they're, they're 150 pounds. Yeah. So that's... So that was, but that was one of those yeah. silly moments. Yes, it was. It was know, silly. Oh, it was, it was like freaking sharks with freaking laser beams. I yeah. mean, that's what it was. And <laughs> and the thing, I mean, the whole movie had moments like that. It felt like, felt like a parody of a James Bond movie. Yeah, you, you, but I, they weren't doing it funny. They were doing it straight. Well, I don't know. The, like the moment where he opens the garage and it's like the classic theme and there's the Aston Martin. Yes, like, there, were, there were a so few of those. There were a few of those and I preferred that the rest of the movie be like that. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, here's the Aston Martin because it's a James right. Bond movie. We have and to then you that. get the machine guns that come out. And then out, the ejector seat gets the mentioned. Seat I mean, and so that's good. Yeah. But it also feels like you know, Q makes a point early in the film that we don't do those big gadgets anymore. Right. And then, of course, we bring them in anyway. Yeah. Because James Bond just happens to have his Aston Martin from some previous adventure sure, with machine guns just, and ejector seats. Right. Happens to know where one is stored. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was stored in his, his stuff. That oh, was, that was his, right. his, his. They went and locked up gotcha. his stuff. Gotcha. That was his Aston Martin. Yes. Because, okay. of course, it's his Aston Martin. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, there, there's just a lot of those moments. Uh, mm -hmm. So, what, what do you think was there? I mean, and they, they made a. A big point at the end of the movie of doing the the classic, you know, Bond walks over and then turns and shoots. They've done that with everyone. Though they did that with the last. At least they did that with Casino Royale. Okay. They've they've done that. But then the, the like fifty years of Bond. Well, yeah. I mean, stamp just, on the end of it. And I'm that like, just happens to be oh. that this was fifty years of Bond. Now, wow, sixty-two. That adds something interesting to it that I've just now thought of. Oh, really? And that that could make this a better movie, if this is what they were doing. Okay. If they were intentionally doing a pastiche of 50 years of Bond movies... Oh. Of, like, trying to use elements from all of the Bond movies. That could have worked. I don't think it did. No. Because I don't think it came across that that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, because, well, it, the whole thing with M and, like, built around this character that, like, 
we'd seen just snippets of in mm -hmm. the previous movies, and she was like... Well, I mean, she's story. been around forever. Judy Dench has been in the movies, not sure. for 50 years, but for a long time. For a long time. But, I mean, through... Was she in the, um, in the Roger Moore? I don't know when she started. I know she, she was at least in, in Piers Brosnan. In the Piers Brosnan ones, okay. Um, let's check the internet. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know... I don't really care too much about M as a character. I don't care about any of them as characters. They're not yeah. characters. They're they're so character really, types. Like, build a whole the whole like motivation for them going to his childhood residence. Which why, like, of all the places to make your last stand, like, what? You yeah. Know? So um, she was Judy Dench was it from 1995. So that's that's okay. Pierce Brosnan on. That's Goldeneye on. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> there were more M's than I thought there were. Oh yeah. Yeah, Bernard Lee, John Huston, Robert Brown, Edward Fox, Judy Dench, and now Ralph Fiennes. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. <laughs> he, well, he, he's, he's cool. He's cool. Um, so, what's Kevin? Mm -hmm. What's the difference between dramatic things and <laughs> drama? Because yes. the movie is, is is dramatic. The movie is very dramatic. Right. I would not say the movie is full of drama. Yeah. Dramatic things are when someone gets really close to you and slints their eyes and says something dramatic. Okay. Which drama yeah. in the term I'm thinking of is like pathos. Is when I care about these characters mm. and when there there is emotional attachment to them and what happens matters and there are consequences to your actions and there are character arcs. Mm -hmm. Anything can be dramatic. Many of the worst movies in the world are dramatic. Yeah. That doesn't mean they have drama. Some of the best comedies in the world are dramatic. That's what makes them hilarious. Um, you know, that, that sort of overstatement of, you know, the basic things. And I, mm -hmm. I can't think of a good example off the head, top of my hand, but you know, the sort of pastiche, the parody. Airplane movies. Oh. The movie Airplane is dramatic. Yes. It's, it's everybody's not saying a drama. Very, yeah. very dramatically, very <laughs> straightforward, very... Mm. Leslie Nielsen was perfect at that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which is funny because he used to be a very good dramatic drama actor. Ah. Um, just in the sense that... Um, and good tying because he did a lot of uh, spy parody movies. He did, he did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spy Hard. Yeah. Um, and The Naked Gun. He should do one called Spyfall. He did not. He should do he one. Should. Is Leslie Nielsen's I, I dead, he isn't died, he? Yeah. yeah, Leslie Nielsen is dead. Thanks for bringing that up, Stephen. Uh, also, I feel bad. Spyfall, already used by John Stewart to describe the fall of General David Petraeus, yeah. who, despite having used email for his communications for his extramarital affairs, still a better spy than the despise in Skyfall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no spying in James Bond movies anymore. I think at one point in time there was. The, the best part really was him stalking the, the assassin, you know, and, yes. and like... Except for the part where they were in a giant room full of glass for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> that was a bit odd. That was for cinematography. Definitely. For look at the reflections and the lights. And right, woo. but that was cool because it was, it was like cool. a secret agent would know yes. how to use the reflections to his yes. advantage and like know how to, that how was to the, tail that a That was guy the closest thing like, we ever got to a spy in this movie. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's been true for a while now. Mm -hmm. um, I think Casino Royale had some good spying where he went undercover. He was, you know, pretending to be somebody else. Right. Um, there, at no point in this movie is James Bond pretending to be anybody but James Bond. Mm -hmm. um, there are no cover aliases. When he's trying to find out the boss, mm -hmm. he says, my name's James Bond, I want to find your boss. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not good spy work. Right. <laughs> and and still like the uh yeah, the Bond girl, you you had no attachment to her other than, oh, here's this poor person who was brought up in the slave trade and he's going to save her and doesn't. Mm-hmm. Basically just uses her to get to the guy mm. and then she dies. Yep. It's like, all right, well, that's again, these are typical uh, Bond tropes. Typical Bond tropes. That yeah. I feel like could have been used. So let's go meta. Like, what, to make what a great Bond parody. It was written parody. by three people. Mm-hmm. It's written by three people. Do you think this was a movie designed by committee in a, in a way? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. Director did American Beauty. Yeah, did Rosa Sam Mendes is, is, is a well known director and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily by me, but you know, well respected by a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't disrespect him, but I don't yeah. also know him very well. Um, having only seen one, two of his movies. I've seen Red mm-hmm. Redemption and, and American Beauty, which I have differing opinions on. No, I think the problem is, is much the same that hit Die Another Day. Is that Pierce Brosnan's last movie? Uh, sure, yeah. Because it was Goldeneye, World is Not Enough, Die Another Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Remind me of the plot of Die Another Day. Mm-hmm. They all kind of there was there was a Ice Fortress. And nice Fortress. James Bond had an invisible car, right? Um, and there was supposed to be the bad guy had, was, had been shot in the head, and uh, the bullet was still lodged in his brain, right? Because to remove it would be bad, right? It would kill him or something, yeah. <laughs> Again, that, that's that's the those are the set pieces. I don't yeah. know anything about the story. So. <laughs> It, uh, and it's okay. So Bond is starting to parody itself. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think that's the problem. Is it's, it's sort of becoming. Is is this just like uh, something that happens when a series goes too long? Like, do you, is it is it like an AI going rampant? You know, because I've played <laughs> Halo Four recently. That's the plot. That's the plot of every Bungie game. Is an AI goes. It's not made rampant. by Bungie. Three forty three studios. <laughs> it's it is made by Bungie because that all the everything three four three inherited was from Bungie. So okay. they're basically carrying on the Bungie plot line, sure. which is you know, there's no way to create an artificial intelligence that lasts more than seven, eight years before it starts to think itself to death. You know, that that's what happened in uh, in not in myth, but in um in Oni. Marathon. It's what happened in Marathon, yeah, with Mjolnir Yeah, so do you just start to like recycle yourself? I mean, like, I, and it's <laughs> interesting because I mean, James Bond has had tons of different creative people at the helm mm-hmm. for many, many years. Um, but still, I mean, you know, how far so can you how far can you diverge from what Bond has been and and keep it still Bond? And that's the question. Right? And so, so, so Casino Royale, as you mentioned, tried to tried to diverge a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They tried to go gritty, tried to go realistic, like. All right, if we're actually going to be serious about this, what would it look like? And then it seems like they're going back to, nah, let's go more silly, more, you know, flamboyant. Mm-hmm. More, well, and they're know, certainly acknowledging their roots like, a lot more mm-hmm. in this one than they were in, the, in Casino Royale, right. as a comparison. In, in very ham-handedly, you know. Um, I mean, well, he, he says, you know, I mean, the... The, the Where are we bond, going? The, bond, the, past, James, the yeah. bond James Bond moment mm-hmm. in Casino Royale is at the very end of the film. Right. You go the entire film without seeing it. Um, he, he sits down at one point after a fight scene, asks for a martini, and they go shake and are stirred, and he goes, do I look like I care? I mean, these are the, the yeah. sort of these, these 
we're we're intentionally we're we're invoking those a little bit. We're also saying that's not us. Yeah, we're also yeah. And but in this one, he, you know, they're invoking and saying that's totally us. Yeah, he does it in the and in the first he, act. He gets a martini and, in one yeah. scene, and she shakes it, and he pours it. And he goes perfect. Yeah, and I'm like. Uh, this was not the same James Bond we had two films ago. Right. So what is it that, you know, he goes on this this vacation, which we see a little bit of in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yes, he's dead, lounging around on the beach, um, you know, dr getting drinks for the house by not getting stabbed by a scorpion. That like, was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, but silly. But silly. silly. But very silly. He's like, eh. You know, it's... <laughs> Drinks so, like, it, it was and, cool, but it was also very silly. Right, and you know they're playing off the fact that he's an alcoholic, you know, and it's, which doesn't it's come like, up again. Which doesn't, yeah, that doesn't come around. They 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 mention it occasionally, but it's not like it's not devil in a bottle, you know. The the um, sorry, that's a Iron Man reference. Oh, the famous scene, the famous story arc where Tony Stark confronts his alcoholism. Mm -hmm. It's called Devil in a Bottle. Okay, um, and it's where, in, where the it series, in the comic book series, and yeah. they've been they've been hinting for years that they're going to put it into one of the movies. Hmm. They set it for two. They've also set it for three. So feels like it could be in three. It feels like it does because um, it's a very dark one, and yes. that may be what he has to overcome to like get past all this dark. Quite stuff possibly um, appears to happen in the movie. So yeah, yeah, Devil in the Bottles, the, the Iron Man story, and yeah. so but there's no there's no reference. It's like you're an alcoholic and you've, you're addicted to pills, mm -hmm. and you're not fit for combat, and yet he still manages to do everything. <laughs> and he's that he completely needs to do. successful all the time. Yeah, I mean the only time you get a hint of that is is. Yeah, he can't hit the he can't hit the uh, the glass, and he has some struggles holding on to the elevator. But that's a I mean, you just it's like oh right, he's still getting back into the swing of things. There's no, it's not used at all. Like they they wanted it's like they wanted to go certain directions, and they just they they wanted to play up the age thing. Mm -hmm. They wanted to play up the the you know antiquity of the agency. Mm -hmm. They wanted to play up you know, the relationship with M, like, yeah. but all these things just, like, they were really half-hearted. They didn't feel earned. And we're kind of, yeah, like, uh, so it's it's a good example of, a, of maybe, a, like, an over-designed movie or, like, an over, they're trying to, to cram too much into one yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a camel. It was a camel of a movie. A camel of a movie. I think camel is a horse designed by a committee, right? So. I've, I've never heard that phrase, but I dig it. I dig it. Okay. It's better than better than Bryson's saying from the other day, which is, yeah. I don't remember his saying. No. No. I'll, I'll remind you later. No worries. Yeah. Um. So you know what? What would you like to see in the next Bond movie? Now that they so you've seen where they set it up. It was like he's got Money Penny. There's a new M. Bond is back in action. I would just like to see a theatrical release of the. Um, Supercut I told you about. Oh yeah. So somebody somebody made a Bond movie out of all the previous Bond movies. Out of out of five to ten minute chunks of every Bond movie. Yeah. Not including Skyfall. And it actually has a coherent narrative. Apparently, or? I've not I've not watched okay. the whole thing. I've made What's it through. What's it called? Um, I don't know. I found an IO, IO9 story on okay. it. Um, but it, I, I made it through the Thunderball because they're in order. They're in, they start with Doctor No and go in order from beginning to end. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to search for it. Bond movie yeah. mash up. IO9. But there's, but it's, I mean, from what I saw so far, it was pretty coherent. Now, to be fair, the early Bond movies actually had a running plot thread of Spectre, hmm. um, who, who was an, that, an evil organization that were, was really about the Cold War. Hmm. Yeah, just I think I want to see that as mm -hmm. the movie. I mean, the, yeah. the full up, straight up, yes, we acknowledge that all Bond movies are the same. <laughs> right. So it was called 50 Years of James Bond, the movie. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, there's also another one that I, I didn't watch because it was kind of boring, but it was called mm -hmm. Bond versus Bond. And it was it's cutting together of... James Bond basically fighting himself. Fighting himself through awesome. using different cuts of things, yeah. <laughs> um, that, see, those are extremely difficult to create because you, you have to have an encyclopedic knowledge <laughs> of all of the Bond movies. It certainly helps. And... Uh, God, that, that, must, that must make it so difficult to watch the newer Bond movies because you're always going, oh, this is like that, and this, <laughs> this is, is like that, and this is like that. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, if you're that big of a fan of, of Bond movies, maybe that's what you want, is yeah. you want that, that re repetition. I mean, I'll be honest, as a big Star Trek fan, when they did this shout-outs in the new movie, like the, the little nods to things, yeah, my, cool. my inner fan was like, ee. Yeah, it's fan um, so. so, okay, let's, let's, while, we're, while we're on that subject mm -hmm. then, Disney bought Lucasfilm. Woo! Uh, new Star Wars. Cool, yeah, we're getting Star Wars Episode Seven. Mm -hmm. What would you like to see from that? What do you think we'll see? From I would Apparently like it's to gonna see be new, new material. They're not going to pull know, from any of the which existing. Which makes me a little sad because I would like to so see much stuff in the universe. I would universe. like to see the story about Leia and Solo's kid. Okay, um, Anakin. Mm -hmm. um, I would I would like to see his story because I, I read. Like, I didn't read a lot of Star Wars mm -hmm. fiction because a lot of it wasn't very good. Right. Um, and there's been a lot of it. <laughs> and there's been a lot of it. But yeah. one of the, the threads that I read a, a fair amount of um, was stuff, and this is sort of a background story of everything else is happening, but Han and Solo have, Han and Leia have kids. Mm -hmm. They name one of their kids Anakin, and he's super crazy awesome at the Force. Oh. Um, <laughs> like, so super crazy awesome that they have to send him to a planet with, all by himself with a guardian to keep him from destroying everything in the universe. <laughs> oh, um, great. And, like, he was never more than, like, three by the time I stopped. And I don't know if anything happened past that. Okay. But I would, I would like to see sort of the next generation, so to speak, of that. You know, what happens after the Empire f wins? Right. Um, you know, 20 years later, what, how, how are things happening? Jedis are starting to come back. Mm -hmm. They're still super rare, but they're, you know... Luke sets up a new Jedi Academy. That's that's a yeah. series. Yeah, I mean, new there's, Jedi there's all I mean, kinds of. They've they've gone like 150 years or so past. Oh wow, I didn't know it was quite that far. But yeah, like they're the farthest like newest stuff is is Anakin's kid. Yeah, Han, Han's kid, Anakin's yeah. descendant oh, or wow. something. Um, who doesn't have or, or it's maybe a descendant of, of Luke or something. I don't know. But there, there's there's an extremely well fleshed out universe there mm -hmm. which makes me wonder like how you how, how do you, you tell do an interesting story in there with the main characters who have all had their yeah. own like well established canon stories in the mm -hmm. extended universe um, how do you tell an interesting story do you go like 200 or 300 years in the future like you, you acknowledge all the canon maybe you have stuff from it you know you get some fan service to all the people who wanted to see that but then you do new intellectual property, and like yeah, and I don't know. I'll be, I've been interested, yeah. and, and I actually have pretty high hopes for it because I think it'll be good. you know Disney did Disney great did with the Avengers. Disney did the Avengers, and that's that's enough to keep me going for a while. They they know they they know to put money behind projects, money to get the the best people, mm -hmm. and then step out of the way, which is a an extremely difficult thing to do. I think yeah. Um, you know, they they pretty much let Gore Verbinski do whatever he wanted to with the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, right? I'm not sure how well that worked out. Ah, but you know, the first few movies were great. I thought. Okay. Now the the next few, eh, you know, they're cashing in. But yeah. it's not Gore Verbinski doing them anymore, is it? I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. But. But the, I mean, yeah, first Pirates of the Caribbean, fantastic. You know, 
Yeah. Disney oh, went. That was another one that I wanted, another idea for something to see. And I don't remember mm-hmm. what it was called, but it was. It was a comic series. Uh huh. Um, um, Rogue Jedi or something. Okay. It, it was a, a, a descendant of the the Skywalker family. Okay. Um, and he insisted on not choosing light or dark side hmm. and went in the middle. Um, and I'm not going to be able to find it. I think it. there are multiple plot lines of that. Well, this was like future, future, like, oh, like way, way down future? the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like not related much in any way to anything beyond that. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, we'll see it in 2014. Hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. So let's say, do, do you think, look, going back to Skyfall, uh-huh. do you think you could fix it? Like, do you think with it, does it need minor tweaks or does it need like major... I think structural change. You know, I think it could work the way it is, and this is sort of the way I was talking about it. Is is if you make it clear that it's a pastiche uh-huh. of Fifty Years of Bond, I think it'd be a great film. Okay. I think it could be a celebration of Fifty Years of Bond. So what what ways do you do that? Um, like, you know, there, there's a few options. You know, you throw the um, the George Lazenby line. This never would have happened to the other guy. I mean, you 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 make those <laughs> those things. More overt, okay, um, and which sounds odd considering I'm complaining about how overt they are in this film, um, but they're not overt enough to make it to, to be an acknowledged pastiche. Mm-hmm. And talking, you know, if you make it about the history, you know, heck, you you canonize well, the fact that there's been eight people who've played James Bond. It's not quite been eight people, but you know, whatever, it's been five people. So, so yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that because, mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm always curious how the movie deals with that like the fact that there have been so many bonds like what so casino royale is it casino royale is it, is it all in are its, all the in bond its world supposed to happen in, in the world and this is the, the answer is it's not a consistent answer okay in the world of casino royale the answer is no okay that is the beginning of, of james a, bond of a new of james bond okay that is james bond's beginning right um in casino royale now, as, as I was saying in the earlier movies, there is there is a thread, a continuing thread of the organization known as Spectre, that continues, and those and those are direct sequels. Right. Not all of those have the same actor in them. No. Um, so it's sort of Doctor Who-ish, except without it being canonized. Yes, we'll changes. see. And see, I think I think that, that you could make <laughs> so it, they, and because yeah. one of the po- the favorite fan theories is that James Bond, as well as 007, is a title that is handed down. Uh, and so that's why. We had a James Bond in 1962, and we have one in 2012. But in this one, we see that his parents were actually named Andrew and whatever. I, I, I realize, Bond. yeah. And so, I mean, so you know, you cut that frame out. Yeah. Um, you you cut out a little bit in, in Casino Royale, making him the first James Bond, make you know, or you know that sort of thing. Right. And then in this one, you you acknowledge that history of this of this. Role, yeah. that of being James Bond, number one super spy, right? And and you hearken back to that, and so but and so you keep like a lot of the same plot elements, and and in this case they are they are intentionally mm-hmm. reused. But maybe the villain is 
a previous James Bond. You right? could have done that, like, and, and, you know, and I think that, that would have been okay. Yeah. I mean, well, and the thing is, the villain was a previous James Bond. I mean, they, they very much allude to that, not in, not in a literal he sense. Was, right. He, but he was M's but he favorite. Was he was the biggest, yeah. baddest guy in the world, and, and he got... But it would have been cool to have, like, that would have Pierce worked. Brosnan I mean, come back. You could you have know. done that. Yeah. And again, so these are minor things that you change in the film that I think yeah. make it more successful and keeping the structure of it the same, keeping the plot the same. <laughs> right. In a cool way. Right. Um, yeah. That would have been, yeah. Now, I'm, and I'm now thinking about that more, and it's like, that you can bring back the older technology, you know, mm-hmm. you, can, you, can, you then have a reason for it to all be that way. Now, you, you don't like realism, right? <laughs> well, that's, that's putting so that, it in an interesting way. I don't, that's making it more I don't realistic. like the overuse of realism. No, that's making it sillier. Okay. It is meant, Because yeah. that's incredibly silly. Yeah, for there to be a, a title handed down from person to person. And that's really silly. James Bond isn't a person, but a... But a as a, as or a, whatever, a yeah. title, yeah. Um, no, I think, I think that's making it sillier. Okay. And, and being realistic then, is not the same thing as realism. Okay. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, realism is a mode. It's sort of a methodology. Okay. Um, every movie you see just about is realism. James Bond is realism in the sense that it's presented in a, in a real world right. context where cause and effect exist and people react in a way that is So it would typical. not be an example? A, a, a super obvious one would be... Mm. Fantasia? Fantasia is not the one I was thinking of. No. I was thinking of Across the Universe. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. It's, you should. It's okay. a good movie. It's... it's very much, uh, well, it, part of the time, it's... It's enough non-realism to, okay. to mm-hmm. in my mind, be... I mean, yeah, there's, there's a plot thread between it. and non, You don't have to be realistic. You don't have to be... You can have a plot thread and not be realistic. Okay. Not be in, in the mode of realism. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's out there. I mean, it's, and, that's, okay. and that's good things. I mean, um, what, are, what are some other good examples? I mean, Julie Taymor's, all of her, her works really qualify... Mm-hmm. Um, Titus and um, what else? Well, um, and, and so so this is mm-hmm. that's kind of the point. Of, so realism, it's what brings the viewer into the movie. It's what gets you invested in the character. If it's too like devoid, if it's too divorced from what we actually experience, no, no. What, so what, why why and, do you say most film, films use realism then? Because most films are set. In a plausible world. Okay. Um, and, and well, in philosophy, even, you, you talk about possible worlds as a way to sort of flesh out um, I mean, scenarios. Yeah. Because because and 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 it's, it's I have difficulty sort of nailing it down. Uh huh. Um, Star Trek is realism. Yeah. I mean, it's in, like in the same yeah, way, the human race could sort of go here. Um, and do things this that thing, aren't, yeah. and it's better to. Use, I like using counter examples, and Cross the Universe is a really good one. Okay. Um, I actually used. I don't know if you, how often you read the Facebook page. I had a discussion with um, with Matt with Matt about this. Oh, I should go back and read that. Uh, let me see if I can find it. The problem I, is I don't get notifications for when you post or have read stuff. Oh, because technically, when we log in to the Bad Philosophy, we're account, logged in as we're Bad the Philosophy. Same person, yeah. So I never see. <laughs> The fact that a conversation even yeah. happened there, unless I actually go to the page, yeah, that's that's a fair point. So I just see, um, oh, no notifications. Okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me find. So sorry, Matt Epperson. I, I've, <laughs> all of your discussions have actually been with Kevin. They, yeah. Well, I, I usually I usually mention that um, I am 
The one posting. Okay, okay. the mobile site is giving me issues. Don't. Do you want to pull up the conversation? Yeah. I can I can pull that up. By the we way, shout out Matt Epperson for still being our numero uno fanboy. Um, uh, he's probably probably just reeling right now and taking feverish notes about the comments he's going to write on this episode. Um, I love it. Can't wait to see it, Matt. Do, 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 do. Let's see who gets there first. I've, I've now found it. Okay. Um, but you brought something like that up as an example? Well, I listed a series of non-realism movies. Uh, Schenectady, New York is another one. Oh, that's, yeah. That's easy to, easy to reference. And that one starts from realism and then quickly, or, well, thoroughly, sy- systematically goes away from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, bad yeah, I don't, I don't have it here. Post. Yeah, let's load more from. I don't know if it was in October. I commented on a link. Oh, um, while while Kevin is looking this up, I just want to kind of do a cross plug here. Uh, last weekend, I actually did a um, a live cast to celebrate five years since I made my first uh, sign language video, which. We haven't talked too much about that on the on the show over over the Your years. Your ASL stuff, yeah, no, the we ASL haven't stuff, really. Um, no, I did a live cast, and and it still even you know being three years since I've I've been really active in this, it's still reached a few hundred, if not thousands, of people. Uh, which which, you know, and I look at I look at the stats on on the the two Facebook pages compared, and it's you know the exact opposite. Like the one I'm incredibly engaged in or more engaged in gets absolutely no views whatsoever <laughs> and then the one that I'm not engaged in at all all I have to do is just say hi and it reaches 4,000 people yeah you know? and it's like oh okay <laughs> never had that fame crossover man yeah never had that as much as I've tried yeah okay work. so here's yeah, here's some examples I think of films that I wrote before and I still like all of these okay um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas Chicago Basketball, mm. Schenectady, Basketball, New York. Basketball, yeah. <laughs> um, Schenectady, New York. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Kung Fu Hustle. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these are are. They're you, not. You empathize with the with the people. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down with them. You know, I care about Scott Pilgrim's plight. Um, you know, right. Certainly, um, Fear and Loathing. You know, you're inside the mind of a crazy person who's on drugs, and, that's, <laughs> and you, you empathize with them. Yeah. Um, and then I compare them with films like. District Nine, Dark Knight, Godfather, Twilight, Inception, Knocked yeah. Up, Ghostbusters. There's more of these. Um, so was this actually the discussion you had with Matt of, of realism? Yeah, I mean, this, this is. I mean, there's, he he put a big long post about realism. Yeah. I did a sort of a response, and then he he responded to me, and we went back. Okay. Um, and so I I tried to cover it. I'm I'm not sure I did an excellent job, but it's eh. that's that. But it's that it's that idea. So realism doesn't mean you don't. Empathize with the characters. Non-realistic right. doesn't mean you don't empathize with the characters. It it means that it's not tethered by reality necessarily. Yeah, you can, in the you can same just way. throw a curveball in there whenever you want. Yeah, and and it still has to be it still has to be internally consistent. Right. To be good. Inception. Yeah, like that was one of the ones you you brought up. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it, it it follows its own rules pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part. <laughs> for the I mean, most it, part. Yeah. Well, and also. I don't care what anybody else says. Inception is an, is an incredibly straightforward movie. Yeah. Anybody who tells me they don't understand what's going on didn't watch the movie. <laughs> it is a straightforward, simple, linear plot. Yeah. 
They want to get inside this guy's head, make him think something, and get out again. Yeah. They do that through a weird way, but the methods are all laid out very clearly. The rules yep. are made clear. And that's... Yeah. And it's a clear narrative arc beginning to end. I believe they are making a sequel, right? What? I, I'm pretty sure they're making a sequel what? to Inception. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll Inception. see. Inception... Oh, are you using your swipe in? Yeah. Cool. Well, let me uh, let me see if we've got any questions for the form spring um, question of the week. The form squeeze. Do you remember how, how we got form squeeze? Did I just you said something wrong? That's how we get all of these slips. names. Yeah. That's how hello, hello we every welcome and we came were like, from. Oh, we should just say that from now on. Yeah. Then we forget. Yeah. Let's see. Is this is this me or is this bad? Yeah, there's Valentina's bad philosophy. According to comic book movie, an insider is claiming. So that's two steps removed at this point. Uh huh. An insider is claiming that the Warner Brothers is pressing Nolan for a sequel. Hmm. Um, Nolan obviously doesn't want to do a sequel because it would ruin the original. Um, he told the story he wanted to tell, and there's really no reason to revisit the world he created. Hmm. Yeah, I I find it hard to believe that someone with the creative chutzpah that Christopher Nolan has would go back and film another Inception yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and if he did, he would do it in such a way that was a big middle finger to everybody who made him do a sequel. Definitely. <laughs> well, here's a couple of questions. Um, first off, and I think we kind of I sent you an email about this. Um, Jordan Kilfoy says, I find that your film TV show analysis episodes are definitely your strongest, though I don't recall any in which you've discussed anything by David Lynch. What are your thoughts That's on right. his films? Yeah. Eraserhead, Mulholland Drive, Inland Empire. I've not seen enough Lynch to have I a comment I have not either. either. I've, and, seen, uh, I've seen the first season of Twin Peaks and liked it. Okay. Um, and that's really all of the Lynch I've seen. Is he doing House of Cards? You're thinking else? of somebody else, I yeah. think. That's maybe. If he's doing House of Cards, I'm going to be shocked. What do you think? How, you think it's going to be good? I saw the trailer. I'm for excited it for it. I want to go see the original, um, which it's a remake. Yeah, it's oh. a British show. Oh. Um, it's a British show about Parliament, so it's yes. a U.S. show about Washington. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, my, my grandmother has one on DVD. Hmm. Um, David Fincher is David doing, Fincher. Yeah, okay. Who did Seven. David Lyncher. David Lynch is yeah. the weird one. <laughs> David Fincher does fairly straightforward, although right. not bad, but straight, you know, Seven, um, yeah. House of Cards, mm -hmm. uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, right. The Game. Those are all David Fincher. Yeah. David Lynch is in a very non-realistic mode. Okay. Yeah, Mulholland Drive is apparently very, like... Woo. All of his stuff is. Yeah, very um, out there. Okay. And, and I'd, I'd like to see more of it and haven't. Okay. Um, but he's also famous for not explaining anything in his films. Mm. Ashley Ann asks, I am currently taking Philosophy 105 Ethics. Do y'all have any advice? Don't cheat. Don't cheat. <laughs> That would be unethical. Ethical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, of both silly and serious answers. The the serious answers are coming first, I guess, which is, um, you know, le learn your learn your Kant, learn your Mill, learn learn to learn to recognize the the different situations. Um, 
And it, the, the approach that, uh, that Walt Schaller took um, to teaching us was a very straightforward kind of analytical approach of like, in this situation, what does this theory say? In this situation, in the same situation, what does this theory say? In this situation, what does this? And we would, we would analyze scenarios, you know. Uh, most ethics classes like start and jars on train tracks. Right, yeah. You have uh, the wiggle the bridge scenario. You have the, the switch scenario. You have all these different cases where mm -hmm. you can, you know, does making decision, is making decision X ethical or unethical? Uh, or, or does, is it, is it permitted to do this? Or is it um, morally justified to do this? There are various ways you can frame it. Mm -hmm. um, too many people on the boat. But, yeah, too many people on a boat. More, more than anything, though, just uh, try not to let your own feelings, and I, and I stress that feelings, get in the way of, of um, making decisions in the class. Like, you, you're not, so a lot of people come into ethics classes, and I saw this in, in our ethics class, too. They come in with their own conceptions about what, what a moral ethics. system should be. Yeah. Gotcha. They, they, they have been brought up in various uh, ethical frameworks. Sure and have heard about other ethical frameworks and have misconceptions about them. Mm -hmm. And what, what ethics, ethics is a taxonomy of decisions and what people and how people come to decisions. It is, it is not, uh, though it purports to be, about right and wrong. <laughs> it is about you know, correct and incorrect. Mm -hmm. in, in Within give, a given set of rules. Given various rules or frameworks. Yeah, it re really, ethics is just learning the rules of the various games that people play with decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the problem is that, that morality has been so tied up in, in emotion, I think, mm -hmm. and in, and in um, especially in terms of, uh, you know, you can define the two the two uh, ethical systems really as, uh, you know, the, the good thing is that which is right or the right thing is that which is good. You know, uh -huh. the, the differences between uh, deontology and, and consequentialism. And uh, a lot of people confuse the two a lot. Um, and, and you just have to put all that aside. You know, you you can't. You've got to uh, learn the systems. You cannot say what would I do. You mm -hmm. never want in an ethics course. You never <laughs> want to say what would I do in this situation. It's no. What would what would Kant say I should do in this situation? What would Mill say I should do in this situation? What would this you know philosopher X say mm -hmm. I, should, I should do? You know, because that's always it's the proscriptive evaluation. That's the best uh, actual advice I can give. Um, I'm gonna yeah. stick with don't cheat. I, th I think that I think that's good, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, don't cheat. Yeah. Work Which, hard. Don't cheat. <laughs> it's a, it just really surprises me, and I, I believe we talked about this. I'll have to look at my notes, but the the fact that people still do ch try to cheat in in ethics classes. Oh, they cheat all the they cheat in all the classes. Yeah, and but I find it you know just particularly <laughs> ironic, you know that 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 happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Who, who is it that? Uh, um, What's his name? Who wrote? Um, <clears throat> who wrote? Uh, predictably irrational and uh, I never read predictably irrational. Um, he, th there has been you know research done on the fact that if you just before asking people to make a moral choice, if you just ask them to recall the Ten Commandments, like don't even tell them, uh -huh. don't even tell them that they're right, but ask them to try to recall as many as they can. Mm -hmm. That they will not cheat or not like cheat as much, <laughs> or to to the same degree as if That's you funny. don't like this. Yeah, we, we we've talked about that. Now that you're saying it, I remember so bringing that up before. Funny, like yeah. So I, I I wonder if 
you know, merely, merely if, if professors would go, don't cheat before this, this test. I've had if professors do that. Will, will go, oh, okay. You know, yeah, I've, 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 although I've, a few people who are on the fence just sort of give it a second I've had a professor and, say, and it was funny because I don't know how effective it was, mm -hmm. but he had us write at the end of a test, I did not cheat on this exam and sign it. Oh, yeah. Something about giving your word. And I don't know. You know and I mean, I'm, I'm one of those, I didn't, I didn't cheat on my classes. And so yeah. I it never, I, I, but, I, but it was a weird situation to be in. Like he's, he's, because I'm in my mind, well, if I did cheat on this test, I could still sign this and say I didn't. But I mean, what are, what are going to be the further consequences of having cheated? Because I've so you were thinking very consequential. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was at the time. Most yeah. people go into it and go, oh. You know, my reputation's on the line here, or, or God is judging me, or something. Like, well, like, I just knew I wasn't going to be, I wasn't I gonna be cheating, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was, I was curious what would happen had I cheated, hmm. and, and then written I did not cheat on this exam. It's probably not legally binding. Probably not, would, but I don't know. Sue you? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, and that's and that's what I was wondering. Like, what is what is this accomplished? Or is, or is this like a bad person? Or is this just a mental exercise yeah, much. to make people think about it? Probably. Eh, well, some things to think about in your uh, ethics yeah. 103 class. Well, uh, go see Skyfall. I would still recommend seeing it. Just yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a bad movie. Bond I mean, if you've, if you've enjoyed Bond films in the yeah, past, you'll probably some good enjoy action, this one. Some great shots. Mm -hmm. like, really pretty movie. Yeah, definitely. In, in a couple of places, yeah. Um, so is Cloud Atlas, but to a much greater extent. Uh, very pretty film. <laughs> um, and I wish you'd seen it. I expect Kevin, nothing so less from the Wachowskis. We talked about that more. But yeah, you should def we should watch it again so that you can see it. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, we're back, everybody. Uh, even though we lost an episode, we haven't, uh, we may have skipped a beat, but we're still um, drumming or whatever. Yeah, it works. Now we skipped a beat. So we'll we yeah, okay. I'm down um, with it. <clears throat> so ask us questions on badphilosophy, formspring.me slash badphilosophy. You can also ask them on badphilosophy.com. We have a widget. Yeah. Um, like us on Facebook. Read the... Uh, and if you comment on Facebook, I'll probably read it and eventually respond. And yeah. I have no idea. Incredible <laughs> discussions that happen on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash badphilosophy. Uh, Twitter.com slash badphilosophy. Twitter.com slash kevsond. And Twitter.com com slash s-t-o-r-r-e-n-c-e we thank y'all for listening and uh i get nothing yeah. on bad philosophy <laughs> but evil's lurking so he's always on his guard cause if you're gonna spy you better spy hard Skyfall is a terrible title. What is okay? If you go into that movie and you hear the title Skyfall, what do you expect? You it's expect like some sort of operation or some code name. You expect or, those two words pushed together to have some sort of meaning, right? Something in the sky fell, or there's something falling yeah. from the sky. I mean, those those two words right. have it's a connection. Some sort of like a satellite attack. You know, Goldeneye was a yeah. space laser that shot down a gold laser beam. Right. Golden Eye. Okay. You yeah. know, it's silly. It's a silly name. But it has an, an associated meaning. Quantum right. of Solace apparently had actual meaning. Yes. Anything. I don't know what they were. There was a quantum Some of something. Quantum that was, something. Yes. Yeah. Skyfall is the name of his home. Yeah. Allow me to reiterate the name of this movie is my home.
look up James Bind movies. James Bond. Bi- James Bond. I get I get weird. And looks it's like it's you're me in a when bind. I'm on when bond. I'm doing yeah, yeah, when I do swipes, sometimes I get like a weird bind. That's not quite the word I meant. Jobs bind. Badphilosophy.com. <laughs> <laughs>